This podcast is part of the Cannabis Media Collective. To enjoy all of the podcasts within the collective, just go to your favorite streaming app or site and subscribe to the Cannabis Media Collective. For more info, check out distinctmedia.ca. Thank you for listening to Canadian Cannabis Update. We're a Canadian-based podcast that gives leaders and organizations an opportunity to tell their stories and share information. All right, before we jump into this today, I just want to give a huge shout out to our sponsor, Harvest Medicine. They're a patient-centric clinic which offers free medical assessments for people looking to explore how medical cannabis can help improve their lives. To learn more and to book your free consultation with Harvest Medicine, check them out online, hmed.ca. That's hmed.ca. For many of us, legal cannabis is starting to feel very normal. But for many more Canadians, the use of cannabis still has a particular stigma associated with it. Introducing Andy Friedman, otherwise known as the Cannabis Sommelier. Andy is a content creator like many of us, but his mission is to talk about both cannabis and alcohol in a knowledgeable and non-intimidating manner. Like a wine sommelier, which he is as well, by the way, He's made it his mission to make it easier for consumers to gain a better understanding of the qualities and the properties that cannabis has in order to enhance the user experience. And Andy is another Calgary-based content producer, so don't forget to check out his channel on YouTube and Instagram and all the rest. I hope you enjoy. Welcome to the podcast, Andrew. Thank you so much for having me. Who are you? Uh, why, why are you here today? <laughs> so uh, I'm the cannabis sommelier. Okay. I'm the cannabis sommelier because I was the first one in the world. I saw, I, I was in the cannabis industry for a decade and I saw this lack of scientific language for tasting cannabis, assessing cannabis. Everybody really wanted to argue with you that theirs was better, but nobody was accredited. So um, I saw a documentary on Netflix called Psalm. Mm-hmm. They were blind tasting wine. They told you where it was from in the world, what year it was, who produced it, the cost, the quality. And I knew that that was something that cannabis needed. So I got really excited about uh, wine. Yeah. I, took, uh, I became internationally accredited in wine, how I became a sommelier. And I've worked as a wine consultant for the last three years. But as I got more and more excited about wine, and originally it was just so that I could be accredited, have the palate, have the vernacular and vocabulary to relate to a certain demographic, and then I realized there had never been another evolution in dining. Mm-hmm. And uh, cannabis was made of the same, you know, terpenes, flavonoids, water as wine. And yeah. uh, I saw these similarities. And then I started, I was smoking every night and tasting and drinking a lot of wine because that's something that you have to do to be a sommelier. Yeah. And I realized that cannabis was making a lot of that wine better. And I knew that there was something there. So I started talking, telling everybody that I was going to make a YouTube channel. Uh, and then I had to make a YouTube channel. Yeah. So January 1st last year, I launched The Cannabis Sommelier, where it was focused on pairing cannabis and craft beer, cannabis and wine, teaching cocktails with cannabis. So I do that beers every Monday, wines every Thursday, cocktails every Saturday. And um, just to really normalize cannabis consumption, bring it, bring it into the restaurant, uh, bring it back to the dinner table, make your mom as comfortable with it as she is with a glass of wine. So that's uh, why I'm The Cannabis Sommelier and why I'm here. You're the man. Now, we agreed, when, when I started setting up here, we were chatting a bit, and uh, we realized we have a lot in common, a lot of stuff that we can actually talk about that we hadn't planned for. So we said, you know what? Let's just hit record and do this. So this conversation could kind of move around a little bit. It's not going to be a structure to some of my interviews, for sure. Um, but I want to start off by saying uh, Hart, from the Cannabis Show, uh, referred you to me. I want to ask you how you know Hart. <laughs> just like most people I meet, I actually met him on Instagram. Okay. Online. Um, yeah, I had been a patient at Natural Health Services, one of their first few. Um, 
They've been great for a long time. And yeah, so uh, Instagram just connected me in heart. Uh, I saw he had a cannabis show. I was trying to do a YouTube show. We kind of launched right around the same time. Yeah. And I thought it was important to just stay up to date. And so we started chatting. Uh, and uh, eventually we ran into each other only a few months ago. And I've seen him three or four times yeah, he's since. Shit. He's great. We actually uh, ran into him in Chicago. Jeez. Um, oh, yeah, well, he was there for a bat mitzvah. I was there for a big cannabis event. And just those worlds collide again and just ab- absolute great guy. If you guys haven't seen the cannabis show on YouTube, um, a lot of great information for uh, a beginner, novice, or intermediate cannabis consumer. There's a lot of a lot of stuff that you can learn there. So yeah, shout out to Yeah, he's awesome. Um, now, you're in Alberta. I'm in Alberta. We're sitting here together uh, in your kitchen. Thank you very much, by the way. Um, but there are a hell of a lot of great cannabis-related content creators in Alberta, even in Calgary. It's kind of mind-blowing because mm-hmm. we don't have the size and the uh, the overall population that Vancouver or Toronto does. Um, but there's five or six people who are just pumping out quality content. I'm not including myself in that. I don't want to... Well, you're doing a great job. But, <laughs> but it's, it's nice to meet you. And it's crazy that we've both been doing this for a year. And uh, this is the first time we've actually sat down and had a conversation. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, uh, but it's been great emailing you and, yeah. and chatting and, uh, you know, it's not going to be the last conversation for sure. No, not at all. And it's a testament, though, to how much good content there is because, you know, I've become really close with uh, some of the people who are putting out uh, YouTube reviews and things right in Calgary, Chestermere, uh, Lethbridge, and uh, it's crazy. We just met. Uh, tell me about wine first, and I'm a wine lover. Awesome. I don't want to stand before you and try to imply that I know what you know about wine, but I, I feel like as a, as a recreational wine drinker, uh, I can talk wine. I can taste wine. Awesome. Um, what's your wine background? Um, so, like I said, I saw Psalm. It was just three and a half years ago yeah. in the summer. I got so excited about wine. I really didn't like drinking before this. I was a big cannabis consumer. I, yeah worked in the cannabis industry for a long time. And I went to this wine class, WSET1. I, I booked it. First three minutes of this movie, I booked it. I was there on Friday. <laughs> I was like, this is what I want to do. This is the way. And um, I drank wine for like a critical assessment, yeah. sensory stimulation, as opposed to being intoxicated for the first time. Yeah. And it just became so exciting. Yeah. I, I literally became obsessed. It wasn't a passion. It was obsession. And so I got home. I looked at my now fiance, Sarah, and I was like, I want to go work on a vineyard. Uh, I came from growing cannabis. This is the wow. way I can connect to it. So I sent out 150 resumes that day. Um, maybe three days later, I got a call from one person and uh, I ended up being hired at Moraine Estates as the seller hand, like a kind of apprentice winemaker. Yeah, yeah. And I was there in the 2016 vintage and I lived with uh, on the vineyard and was there for three and a half months just studying and working. And then I came back and knew I needed a international accreditation yeah. so that I could go everywhere and people would understand that I could be that sommelier caliber. So I went and did my WSET 3, um, which is the standard to be internationally accredited right yeah. before, before the diploma. And uh that's a lot of work. Like it's a, you know, it's hundreds of hours of reading. It's thousands of dollars of oh, wine. Yeah, but I hate, sure. but I hate the pretentiousness of wine, right? Because that's never what I wanted to be it about. Um, my first WSET class, I remember they're like, what other agricultural product can be terroir indicative? Terroir is a word for microclimate mm-hmm. and have a thousand different varietals and be so individual to the grower. And I put up my hand and I said, cannabis. And everybody <laughs> in the class laughed at me. And I said, <laughs> it's correct. Yeah. And uh, the teacher came in and, you know, had a conversation with me after. And I thought that was amazing. And that's, so yeah. So, and then I became a Canadian wine scholar because um, as a kind of consultant, I really knew 
that the parallel between the end of prohibition of alcohol yeah. would parallel wine, yeah, kind of, of as history always has. Yeah. Um, so I got really into Canadian wine law and just Canadian wine regions because these are, uh, funny enough, some of the greatest cannabis-growing regions in Canada as well. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, I became Canadian wine scholar. You know, I love wine. Pinot Noir is what I'm in love with. I love Burgundy. That's where we're going to go for our honeymoon. I get married nice. to Jamaica next year, and then we're going to go to Burgundy to drink Chardonnay and Pinot. No and, small thing. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Yeah, okay, that's cool. Um, now, as the uh, official cannabis sommelier, how are you finding blending the two? Like, what direction are you taking with this? Obviously, the, the term sommelier uh, is being ported over to the cannabis world, and that would imply the same types of things as a, as a wine sommelier, somebody who's knowledgeable, who can taste, who can talk about product, mm. identify areas, regions, even perhaps vintages. Um, but how are you balancing the two as a cannabis sommelier? <clears throat> well, I was fortunate to give the definition in high times. I got to be uh, the first person to say what, what I thought it was. And um, a sommelier is a wine steward. Yeah, That's the definition in the dictionary. If you're not a wine steward, if you're not a wine professional on the service floor, then you you don't get to be a sommelier. Um, I like the term cannabis expert when you're, you know, a master of cannabis. And that's why I'm the cannabis sommelier, because I bring cannabis to that sommelier atmosphere. Um, How do I find pairings? (laughs) Beer is great. Beer is very easy. And beer... Craft beer I love because it's this new evolution in fine dining as well. Mm-hmm. People are finally kind of accepting that you can have these long uh, barrel-aged beers and there can be a lot of provenance behind the ingredients in them. And Humulus lupulus, which is hops, mm-hmm. uh, actually gave the name to humulene, a terpene, when they found it, when they started synthesizing cannabis. Oh. So those crossovers make it very easy, especially when you have high hop contents. Wines are much more difficult. And always with a little bit of residual sugar, do I find a little bit more success? And a lot of the time, it's not about playing with like flavors. Yeah. Um, like with food pairings, it's more about um, contrast and finding this new depth of complexity, kind of more like more like blending... Uh, you know, a Bordeaux, when you add that splash of Petit Verdot after the Merlot and Cab base, yeah. and it makes something really special. There's my little wine. <laughs> yeah, no fair. Okay, um, well, then tell me this. Uh, I know some of your, your videos on your YouTube channel um, are straight-up reviews of cannabis products, yeah. but you do have, like you said, on, I think, Saturdays, um, you put videos together where you actually intermingle cannabis and alcohol. Yeah. Now, are you inventing <clears throat> your own drinks at this point? Because yes. we're early in the game. Yeah, totally. Uh, uh, this is all me. Um, it's what I what I've taken on the YouTube channel is mm-hmm. reinventing a lot of my favorite classic cocktails and um, bringing infusion into them. Okay, um, but I you know I make a lot of syrups and a lot of different things and yeah. So it, it is it is the foreground. I did I was inspired by one guy Warren Bobro. Uh, he wrote a great book, uh, Cannabis Mixers and Elixirs. Uh, Something else. I'm sorry, Warren, that I forget the name of your book. Um, but it's really me and him uh, are the guys out here doing cannabis cocktails, which is really cool. He focuses more on infusion into the spirit, where yeah. I focus on uh, creating different syrups. And so you'll find a lot of different syrup recipes on my on my channel. Uh, ginger syrup, which is one of my staples in my house, because I love making just a infused ginger ale with it, just club soda and that and ginger syrup. Um, pumpkin spice syrup, so you can do pumpkin spice daiquiris and uh, who, yeah. Who gets to test your products? <laughs> I blind I I, I I dose my family a lot. <laughs> Jeez. Uh well no, family dinners have gotten great. Yeah. You know, I come everybody's over and opened up. I make everybody a cocktail and then uh everybody's done by like nine, nine thirty okay. and where people would normally be going to bed, now everybody's hanging out and having a nice evening. Well, yeah, the conversation's a lot lighter. 
there's definitely less drinking. This is one of the interesting things I find. If I just give a little bit of a sneaky dose, uh, yeah. people will consume a little bit less alcohol. Shame on you. Um, so what do you talk about a sneaky dose? Okay. <laughs> now, <clears throat> I think that uh, I'm a bit of a lightweight. Mm-hmm. I, I have been consuming a lot more edibles lately, and I can comfortably have five milligrams and have a nice sleep. Ten, I start to feel a little bit kooky, but it's a good kooky. It's not over oh, the really? top. Um, so what is a small dose? <laughs> well, when we do dinners, yeah. uh, two milligrams, five milligrams tops. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I think five you would feel, though. No, if you're not a I, honest, I honestly think it's a placebo effect. I do. I, so I use my mom as a blind, uh, quadruple blind study. And uh, so I started making cannabis cocktails. And yeah. I think the first one she wanted to do was a white Russian. I had done it like the dude in the backyard and stirred it with my finger. And she's like, you know what? I think I'll have, a, I'll have one. And that first drink was probably 200, 250 milligrams. And she hadn't consumed Say cannabis what? in 30 years. <laughs> and she, felt, she was great. She was fantastic that day. And so that was kind of the baseline. The next cocktail I gave her, um, I actually gave her a placebo. Yeah. She told me she felt like the first time. Really? Next one, 100 milligrams. She's like, yeah, you know, uh, I don't feel as stoned as the last two times. And then the last milligrams. one. The last You're one, serious. I gave her 600 milligrams. Jeez. Yeah, I mega dosed her. I was like, you know what? If anybody can take it, it's my mom. She's like, she's awesome. Sorry, mom. Maybe now you get you to know. a point, right, where you're just like, okay, well, I can't possibly get any more high. Well, no, this is over, uh, these aren't all on the same day. Like, these are spread out over weeks. Okay. Yeah, so this is like a very blind study. This is my experiment because I want to see if it's a if it's a placebo. Yeah. And uh, yeah, she had 600 milligrams. She was great. You know, had uh, we had a glass of wine after and hung out. and All was well. All was well. And I asked her how she felt, and she felt like the first time. And uh, so... Yeah, I don't know. Sometimes with cannabis, it's interesting for me. It's like yeah. go big or go home and then dial it back because the worst thing that happens is you fall asleep. And get really yeah, hungry. yeah, true, true. Wake up feeling refreshed. Yeah, so I'm going to send you home with some goodies. Oh, geez. Okay, awesome. Um, <laughs> what about mixing uh, cannabis with alcohol? You know, Health Canada has a lot of concerns and they're yeah. talking about maybe uh, blocking certain types of products or alcohol mm-hmm. with cannabis products mm-hmm. sold to the marketplace. Um, have you noticed that when you ingest cannabis with alcohol, the sensation is different? I think most people in the gray market or the black market that had existed had already experienced cannabis with alcohol. Who hasn't, right? That's what I mean. If you were one of the people that was consuming cannabis, uh, you know, maybe even semi-regularly or once a year, Mm -hmm. it usually ends up happening when you've had a few drinks. Okay. Um, So I I don't think there's as much of a, it needs to be so stigmatized. Right. Um, it, it, it's a hard one because I'm never suggesting that anybody get drunk. Um, yeah. When we do a pairing, I, 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 I give you a puff of an essential oil so that I can show my duty of care by watching your level of intoxication. I can see how intoxicated you are within a minute, two minutes, uh, five minutes tops. Okay. And, and, and then it's my responsibility to make sure that you're, you know, uh, not, not mess up just like a bartender would. Uh, you know, I have courses all over Canada yeah. for serving alcohol um, and they all say you can't do cannabis. No, no, no. But I've been a medical patient for years and nobody's yeah. ever said anything to me when I walk outside of the bar and smoke a joint and walk back in. Yeah. And now it seems that it's become on the, the top agenda for everybody to worry about the guy smelling like weed, cannabis, sorry, sitting at the bar. I hate saying the word weed or marijuana. Oh, or whatever. I only, yeah. I only say cannabis. I have to stop myself from saying dispensaries these days. Oh. And it was actually Hart that brought that up on Re- uh, Twitter. Stores, He's like, stop yeah. calling them dispensaries. I'm like, okay, the pot shop. He's like, that's better. Um, <laughs> whatever. 
call it what you like. We all know what it is. Um, so let's switch over here to cannabis now. Enough about yep. alcohol, that sinful stuff. Yeah, it's terrible. Um, I really don't like alcohol, by the way. Uh, like I like I enjoy it, but yeah. it, it's it's quite a destructive product, and I it's yeah. I know we we all have enjoyed it at times, mm-hmm. but we've also all had terrible hangovers and felt like shit for like three days after. Totally, as you I sit here and drink an IPA. So well, you know, I guess. Um, Moderation is yeah, the key. Exactly. What about cannabis? How do you educate yourself uh, with all the different strains out there, different types of terpene content, um, different growers now? Yeah. How do you keep up with all the product out there? Uh, the product is definitely Instagram. Without Instagram and without travel, there's yeah. no way that I could be informed like I am. I've always, when I really got into cannabis, uh, 18 years old, I, I ran into somebody at Coachella in California. I got out of a mm-hmm. cab. He asked me if I had a Bud Buster. I said, yes. I said, you sound like you're from Canada. He said, I am. We became great friends, smoked all night, and I ended up in Vancouver and started taking cannabis vacations there because there wasn't the quality of cannabis in Calgary that there was that I'd experienced in, in California in 2012. Oh, yeah. And really? then in Vancouver. Um, so it was really important for me to constantly be tasting. Uh, I said in a, my Globe and Mail interview, I think I've tasted over 3,000 strains. Really? <clears throat> for sure. You know, I, every time I've been, I've been, smoking cannabis every single day for 13 years and I buy cannabis very regularly or have it given to me and I'm always looking for something different uh you know, if I've drank, man, you know, probably 3,000 different labels or 4,000 different labels of wine, then mm-hmm. I've, of course I've smoked 3,000 different strains. So it, staying up to date is important. Being in the loop, knowing the trends, seeing yeah. the trends, uh, understanding the growers, and then just communicating with those people too. Instagram's been such a tool to actually reach out, mm-hmm. uh, have the opportunity to create a relationship and ask questions and see how the lineage really breaks down uh, because I want to teach people how to blind taste. And it's really important for me to find what happened in those basements and all these cross cultivars um, so that you can really get to the root of everything. Yeah, of course, of course. You know, until the last year or so, maybe two years, um, when you buy something off of your friend or your guy or whatever, you kind of roll the dice, or at least I had, right? Yeah. Uh, and you get what you get, and sometimes it would be a great time, and sometimes I would go out with friends and I would just be like in a corner going, you know, mm-hmm. introspective thinking is just too strong for me or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's really nice now to be able to mindfully purchase something and to learn and to go, this is what I like, this is what works for me, this is the dose that's appropriate mm-hmm. for me for what I want to do. If it's totally. watching a movie, it might be different than if I'm going out with my friends to a pub. Totally. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, it, that part of it blows my mind. But again, keeping track of things mm-hmm. must be complicated for you. I talk about set and setting very often. Yeah. Uh, when I was young, in my teenage years, I used to lobby really hard. I met a great mentor who taught me how to grow cannabis. And she always talked about, you know, there's there's 5% of people that should consume cannabis anywhere and everywhere quite regularly. Mm-hmm. Um and then 95% should probably consume it recreationally and there should be a there should be a place for it. And if you end up introspective uh, or that moment comes because it's mm-hmm. quite a metaphysical product, um, then you should be able to do it wherever and it should be that 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 conscious decision and it shouldn't it shouldn't uh yeah, it's it, that's a that's a really hard question for me because um I've always said it for years. Like I'm a medicinal patient. I was telling you earlier, I smoke yeah. eight grams a day every day. I'd mm-hmm. love a 14 gram a day license. Wow. Uh, and people look at me and they're like, what? Yeah. How is that possible? And that's why I put on a suit That's what every I said day. to you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, and it's, I think it's important to change that stereotype, but make sure that people understand that everybody's experience with cannabis isn't the same at all. Mm-hmm. Our, our microbiology, our metaphysics, uh, everything is so different. Mm-hmm. And for me to, this is one reason I completely avoid ever saying how, 
intoxicated you'll feel from cannabis or alcohol on my channel in all 150 videos. I'll never tell because you how it makes you, just you feel. Don't know. Oh, I don't want to tell you. You're going to get high or you're going to get drunk. Yeah. And and for me to like, I, I really hate the the conversation of dictation of like, this strain will make me feel this way or this strain will make me feel this way. Because, Which seems to be the way everybody's talking these days. And it's totally unfair because we can have a room full of 10 people and we could all smoke the same cannabis and write notes how we feel and we're all going to feel so different. So is there any validation to all of the scientific research that's happening now on things like terpene content? I mean, there's been that research for years, right? Essential oils so and aromatherapy like, have yeah, been around for yeah. a long time. And and to think that now because cannabis is creating this hot word entourage effect inside that glandular head, yeah. uh, why are we completely forgetting about aromatherapy for the last hundred years and, and every sage booth in the mall that's been blending terpenes yeah, in this exact true. way and they sell them on effect. And anti-anxiety, elevative mood, uh, energy. These are the exact relation that we're taking into cannabis, but everybody's yeah. thinking that's groundbreaking when you know you can find the same information at the mall. It's spreading around. I mean, I mean, terpenes are essentially essential oils, are they not? They're essential oils. They're found in every piece of plant matter. Uh, you know, wine, beer are terpenes and flavonoids. Yeah. Uh, cannabis has water in it. We hang dry it to get that water out. We press wine grapes to keep that water in to, to suspend the terpenes and flavonoids. Oh, there's your dog. Yeah. Zeus. Maybe it's a mailman. Yeah. Um, Hopefully with some cannabis because cannabis post is always delivering. There you go. <laughs> um, what about vintages? Um, yes. And regions and all that kind Amazing. of stuff. Like um, if I buy a particular cannabis from, I don't know, some producers, let's say Broken Coast, and mm-hmm. it's great. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know that I can expect the exact same you thing won't. the next time around. I so how about, do you deal with that? It's uh, So I talk about this idea of micro-vintage um, because right. every plant is so different. Uh, I, you know, I'm, I'm fortunate that I grew a lot of cannabis uh, and, and you walk a row of 200 cannabis plants and every single one of those plants is so different. Yeah. And 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 if you really care to go deep, they all smell different and they all they're 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 so individual. So you'll never be guaranteed. And that's why um I love to I've been saying like, you know, I'm I'm gonna be the guy to sell the first thousand dollar gram because it's <laughs> gonna be that special plant in the room of a thousand, and there's just something so perfect about it. Yeah. And there was you know, everything lines up. Um, so you can't ever guarantee with wine, you know, you could you could have one uh, vine and if you didn't thin the crop, you might be able to get one bottle out of it. Uh, so that bottle then, shouldn't it be worth an extraordinary amount because it was the perfect plant and the perfect vintage? And cannabis, we have to grow a bunch and then we jumble it all in together just like wine, we press it all together. But then if you look at the Grand Cru sites yeah. in Burgundy or Champagne, and they're literally a single row of, of of twelve vines that have been growing for 150 years. That wine demands the highest price, and okay. it's the best wine for a reason because it's been it, there was something special that happened there. Um, so yeah, so there is no real way to to give con- consistency. Um, and vintages of cannabis are so quick, right? Every three months with a rotational crop, mm-hmm. especially from a, a licensed producer, it's going to go fast. Um, okay. So, yeah, I don't know. I think you have to, when you find something you like, you have to buy a lot of it, but you have to make sure that it's that same package date, same lot number. Well, that's the thing. could be totally different from one to the next or, or not close enough that you don't get exactly what you liked in the first time. That's why we sell cases of wine. We don't sell yeah. 
an, an eighth of it. So everyone's familiar with the concept of uh, wine aging. And I have a friend who owns a, a chain of cigar shops. And he yes. told me, yeah, actually, if you store them right, you can mm-hmm. actually store cigars for a long time. And yep. I would have never thought that. And I always assumed with cannabis, same thing. It doesn't really have a long shelf life. Uh, uh, is there a way to do this? Or? So it's incredible you ask this because um, I think dried cannabis, like organic plant matter, mm-hmm. six months but when you turn it into hashish yeah. uh, and you extract that glandular head, um, I just had a dry sift from the great gardener, Matt, the great gardener, mm-hmm. and it was three-year cured hash. So it was a 2016 vintage wow. of, um, oh, I forget what it was, but it tasted so beautifully woodsy and deep and aromatic. And it was like a, a really handsome Hugo Boss cologne from like 1998. Really? Eh? That's, that's the only way I could describe it. All right. And it was so flavorful. Um, and I tasted it side by side with some other amazing hash uh, that was brand new, and his out, outdid it by far and away. Had but, more, yeah. But, but but it's you know he cold cured it in a fridge. Um, I don't think he touched it for three years. Didn't open the jar and give any opportunity for moisture or oxidization. It was in a UV sealed proof jar. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, saving hash is a conversation I, I've, I've had a lot. I, I, I got to a Canador here and I, I started chatting with them about how we could create a product that, you know, was maybe a, a, a I don't even know, like a flash freezer or like right. a very cold case for extract that could go somewhere and sit and run on a battery for years. So you anticipate that this could actually become a, a thing in the market? It will be. If people jump on it. Or yeah, it will be then. Without a doubt. Uh, it, you know, it's 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 on me to create that culture. Yeah. Um, I have beautiful bottles of wine in the basement that mm-hmm. are super collectible and and mean a lot and have a lot of great provenance. And I think the same thing goes for cannabis. Um, people love to collect, mm-hmm. and I love. I, I'm a huge collector. I have records, comic books, all this other stuff, and. I love to find special limited edition things. I think everybody does. They want to be in that cool kids club. Yeah. And cannabis is the same way, you know. And you know, you were saying that you had to always call your guy um, and and roll the dice. Yeah. I've had this opportunity to you know really have a, a selection of a lot of different flavors uh, and be able to try a lot of exotic cannabis over a lot of years and know the dictation of my experience because I had done all that research and, and, and thought in my head about the parallel between essential oils um, and the essential oils in cannabis. Um, okay, now it's probably not fair to generalize. I get that. Um, but you do a lot of cannabis reviews. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, as of late, reviews. have there been a couple that have really caught your attention or you thought were special, better than the others? Yeah, uh, there's one company that's quite good. Seven Acres is, is doing good. They're great. They were like the company of the year I saw at Lyft. So yeah. they did a pretty good job. I give one of their cannabis uh, 79 points. I invented a proprietary system, 100-point system degrading cannabis. Okay, 79 on your scale is high. Uh, well, yeah, it's been the highest legal cannabis so far. Really? Yeah, uh, most of the other products, um, there's a quick, so over the next few weeks, you'll see one every single day for like the next month and a half till Badass. there's 50 reviews. Yeah. Know, well, I quit my, I'm out of the job. I got to, it's content time. This is full on, man. Um, it's good. But the 100 point system is what people have really been asking for. If it's there for wine, if it's there for whiskey, um, it's what it's what cannabis needs. Um, so I might as well put it out there. But yeah, most of the samples are, you know, 50 to 60 points. Uh, wine, it's kind of sad. You get 50 points just for being wine. My, <laughs> for the basics. Yeah, my scale doesn't do that. I, I've, I've taken the scientific method of tasting wine that I learned, reverse engineered it into cannabis, and then taken uh, 
again, the, you know, the kind of the James Suckling, Robert Parker mm-hmm. model, and then reverse engineered that again in the cannabis. How has the general public responded to um, your role as cannabis sommelier, your friends and things? People love it. It's awesome. Uh, at first, it was kind of like, yeah, whatever. You're making a YouTube channel. Yeah. Nobody. It's really hard to stay consistent and accountable. Uh-huh. And I knew that that was the opportunity. Big uh, part of it, for sure. It's the long game, right? Yeah. You know, I didn't think the cannabis sommelier would make money for two years, but I really hoped that 50 videos in, I might be able to mm-hmm. talk to Viceland. And 52 mm-hmm. videos in, I ended up in LA doing a dinner with Rye Pritchard from Bong Appetit. Nice. Um, so yeah, really cool. But um, and then and then when cool things started happening. Like after that first party, people were like, okay, maybe he's on to something. Right. Uh, and, and at that point, you know, I was 50 videos in. I had been doing quite a bit of content from January until June. Um, and, then, and, then, and then I got to mention it in LA Weekly. And then it was like uh, Hollywood Reporter. And then it was High Times. And then the press started rolling. And then people were like, really like, oh, I think Andy's figured, I think he's really figured it out. Like yeah. this is a, and I knew there was this cool double niche market. And as long as I just kept going, people might, Respect it. So yeah, I told my mom I was, you know, I was going full time on this last mm-hmm. week, and <laughs> I was scared to do that. I thought I didn't know how she would respond to me working for myself, uh, yeah. kind of for the first time in my life. But everything I did built up to this moment. Like literally every job I've had has resulted in me seems like being it. primed. You're for like this. the perfect candidate for this. I've been fired from so many jobs. So you know, <laughs> anybody listening. Uh, just, Sorry about that. Well, no, no, it's good. It's it's. Um, I think it, I, it it made me the person I am because it, it made me know that I I needed to be my own boss. Yeah, and it makes me want to really work hard for myself. So uh, your family's on board with this too. You don't get 100%. any stress from your parents or anything like that. What are you 100%. doing? Hundred percent. My dad was in uh, media. He was a radio DJ through the sixties and seventies. Okay. He's got a lot of great friends. Uh, he just moved back from Victoria, so he has a lot of cannabis consumer friends that also drink wine and whiskey and beer, and they love the concept. My demographic is really that kind of, the people I'm trying to normalize, my whole mission is just to normalize cannabis. And so that 40 to 65 demographic is what's what's great. And so they've they've really started supporting me, especially since I started traveling and they saw how cool things were. Yeah, What's your focus going to be for 2019 as a cannabis sommelier? Content, 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 content. Content. Yeah, uh, there's going to be, uh, I'm ramping up to do two pieces of content a day on every single platform, uh, podcasts, beer pairings, wine pairings, cocktails, uh, infused uh, food. Mm-hmm. We'll be doing pop-up events all over North America. Like, um, you know, we have one in Calgary, January 26th. I'll be in Vancouver, March 6th for the Action Bronson show. February 22nd in Calgary with Chef Pierre Lemiel, who's from Chop and Top Chef. Oh, I saw that. Back in Los Angeles. Uh, and all, all and, and so that'll create so much content. And that, that's the whole game plan is just, um, oh, and the free cannabis education. This is something exciting. So people okay. are giving away cannabis courses, selling them under my moniker, Learn to Be a Cannabis Sommelier. So I've been recording the cannabis course I wrote three years ago, um, and recording it for, and I'm going to give away completely free. And I'm just going to release two, three, five of those videos every day, so that anybody can go on YouTube and just learn to have that uh, expertise. You're really ahead of the ball here, honestly. <laughs> I just, uh, yeah. Well, you know, um, shout out to Gary Vaynerchuk, the best mentor I never had. Yeah. He, I, uh, I was going to say, it sounds to me like you're listening to Gary Vaynerchuk. Uh, <laughs> I started, I started reading him, uh, listening, watching him in Wine Library. Yeah. Uh, a long time ago, my buddy put me onto him in 2012 when I visited Vancouver the first time. Mm-hmm. He had shot a media video for him and done security. He oh, double, nice. he double timed as media and security in 2012. Yeah. And um, 
that definitely wouldn't happen anymore. And he was like, yeah, this guy's great. You should, you should listen to him. And so uh, through Bosga, who used to run a great uh, blog, music blog, he was basically Gary Vaynerchucking me uh, through him. And then yeah. I finally figured out where he, was, where he was pushing all this information down from. And I was like, oh, this is great. Um, but I don't actually consume much of the content. I read the book yeah. and I watch him sometimes, but I like the Wine Library TV thing the old crappy YouTube that still doesn't have that many plays. Like a lot of the videos only have ten or fifteen thousand plays, even yeah. with how famous he is. Yeah. Um, yeah, the guy puts out a ton of content. If you subscribe to his podcasts, I think yeah. he's got about at least two or three a day of audio alone. And I love the idea that it's crap audio. Mm-hmm. It, he doesn't care. It's so bad, and I, it's such a good push for me because I was a I was a musician. Mm-hmm. Uh, I released an album in 2014, and um, that was. You know, it was really good, locally successful. And then I had wrote a whole bunch of music. I'd wrote another album, but I was scared to release it unless it was a whole compilation album, two hour, like deluxe, great piece of music. And what I should have done was release that content the whole way through so people could see my progression and then kept going. And so I, I, uh, Music and Gary Vaynerchuk showed me my failures, and I know now how to make the cannabis sommelier successful and push the personal brand because that's what it's about. I just want to help and educate people, and then I would love to end up as the cannabis guy. Like, that's- yes, yeah. well, hey man, you're totally legit. You know what you're talking about. You have a great platform, um, but let's face it: without hustle, mm-hmm. it'll never happen. I love hustle. You have to have the hustle. You have to put it out there. You have to be on it constantly. You have to live and breathe it. Be mm-hmm. passionate about it. I can never shave my mustache because of it. I, oh yeah, it's your, it's your look. It's your my trademark. brand. Yeah. yeah, you know, I got, I have my Jufro, I have my mustache, <laughs> and and that's me. Uh, I, I love my mustache and I love my Jufro, so don't get me wrong. Okay. Um, but yeah, I have to live and breathe the cannabis small. Yeah, I realized that. I went to the Lift Co. Lifting Co. Show in Vancouver yeah. this weekend. Uh, so I got back yesterday, and it was, uh, it's intense. Like oh, yeah. everybody, you know, uh, I'm this guy. I'm this guy. I'm this guy. I can never just be. Andy in that moment. Yeah, in um, that crowd for sure, right? People nope. recognize you. If you shaved your mustache and wore a baseball cap, you'd just be walking around incognito. Nope. Yeah, nobody would know who I was. Without yeah. the mustache, um, everything I say about wine, I'm full of shit. So well, Mustache is hip anyway. Yeah, that's um, <laughs> This is super general, so answer it any way you like. Um, but do you have any tips uh, that you would suggest for people when it comes to enjoying cannabis? Very general. Yeah, totally. Find something that smells great because the nose knows that's, if it doesn't smell good, it don't consume it. You know, a lot of people drink bad wine, mm-hmm. cheap wine, and they mm-hmm. have this expectation that wine all tastes bad, like yellowtail. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it doesn't all taste like the crappy legal cannabis. There is some good legal cannabis out there. If it smells bad, uh, you could go go get something else. Uh, the Queen of Bud in Calgary will return your cannabis uh, and refund you and give you something else. Um, they do that in on their on their dime so that they can give you a great experience. So um, wow. Shout out to them. Yeah, yeah, it's customer service. All right, tell me all the different ways that we can discover you online. Oh, man. Um, so now I'm on Twitter, The Cannabis Psalm, LinkedIn, The Cannabis Small AA, Facebook.com uh, slash The Cannabis Psalm, mm-hmm. YouTube.com slash C slash The Cannabis Small Instagram, The Cannabis Psalm. Um, on uh, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play. You can search Beers with Buds. That's my podcast where we just have a conversation, drink beers with my buds. Um, yeah, I think that's everything for now. If I miss anything, you can just Google. Oh, go to my website, thecannabissom.com. And any final thoughts on your life as a cannabis sommelier that you can bestow upon us listeners? Oh, man. Um, <laughs> don't think wine is such a pretentious thing. Yeah. It, it's not. Uh, wine cannabis are something that are there to be enjoyed. Yeah. Um, drink what you like and don't listen to other people. 
especially not me because all I can all I can do is is give you a reference from my point of view yeah. and and if you don't agree with me then that's because you're right and in, and everybody's right in their own mind um so enjoy cannabis the way you want to enjoy wine the way you want to if it smells like something to you don't be afraid to say it mm-hmm. if it if it tastes a certain way enjoy it um and just 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 enjoy both things and uh I hope you'll come to one of one of the dinners oh yeah check them out on Eventbrite Google that. You'll you'll find it. We got Chef Alicia Ross on the 26th, and she just got nominated for Calgary's Best Chef. Oh, so, well. Yeah, uh, that one's going to be awesome. Okay. Well, uh, I guess I should say thank you. It's been uh, 36 minutes, pretty cash conversation. It's not Joe Rogan three hours here, but uh, I we don't can go three hours. Time. I yeah. do that all the time. <laughs> Let's just do it. <laughs> uh, anyway, thanks, man, for taking the time to do this because uh, once I figured out who you were, I became pretty fascinated and I'm super impressed by all the stuff that you do. Oh, thank you so much. So I'm, I'm sure we'll meet up again and do another podcast down the road. I look forward to it. Thank you for subscribing to the YouTube channel and commenting. <laughs> no That's the most important thing, but thank you again. Okay. Thanks once again for listening to the Canadian Cannabis Update podcast. If you have a story that you'd like to share about the cannabis space, I would love to hear from you. Hit me up at CanadianCannabisUpdate at gmail.com or my website, CannabisUpdate.ca. And if you want to find out more about Canadian Cannabis Update and all of the other podcasts in the Cannabis Media Collective, check us out on Twitter at CanMedCall, just like Cannabis Media Collective, but abbreviated. And you can also find out more about us on Facebook, Instagram, and every podcast-related streaming site in the known universe. Check us out, the Cannabis Media Collective. All right, hit it, Ember. The media contributors within the Cannabis Media Collective do our very best to remain as accurate as possible, but take no responsibility for any inaccurate details or facts. If a story interests you, we're glad to have brought it to your attention, but please take the time to research the details for yourself. Thank you.